Good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you're from. It's Gav Mack and Alex Osborne on the weekly football review show for Two Up Top in association with Stalker Studio, the best studio in the whole Northamptonshire. Yeah, signs in the background today. Uh, we're in association with the male coach, the best boozer in the whole Northamptonshire, everyone knows that, and the best boozer in New York City, which of course is Macau Sports Bar and Grill. Anytime you're in New York, make sure you go say hi to cabs. Uh, this week, uh, the main talking points are football, because we love football. Um, Rashford, should we start putting a little bit of respect on his name? Oh, that, that's, that's a big talking point for me. Um, Watford. Let's start there. Let, let, let's, let, do you know what? Let's start for Watford. Yeah. Everything's a talking point. Um, and the other talking point as well, Aubameyang, has he played his last game for Arsenal? Who knows that? Um, Watford, let's begin there. Watford, they went down to the south coast, played against Bournemouth, a six-pointer in everyone's eyes. No one knew which way it was going to go. It just so happened that it was 3-0 to Watford. Would you have predicted that before the game? Um, well, if you were going to go on recent form and you're going to be a better man, then maybe you would, maybe not 3-0 Watford, but you would probably would have been looking at a Watford win. Mm. Uh, Bournemouth have been in a horrendous slide, haven't they? They have, uh, and they've got many, many an injury as well, which hasn't helped their cause. No, they haven't had, uh, well, doesn't seem like they've got 18 players fit enough to take the match day squad, you know, mm. the substitutions you get as well, obviously being at seven. Um, Watford, on the other hand, is going from strength to strength. Pearson's come in, Craig Shakespeare's come in and is number two, and they've just, listening to the players after the game, about they're saying, oh, what's he done? What's he said to you guys? Is there any magic formula? And they're like, well, actually, no, he's, oh, I, can't, I can't remember who was, who was the man who was, who was interviewed afterwards, but he was saying, no, he's actually simplified it for us. And, um, you know, Craig Shakespeare, Craig Shakespeare. Um, Nigel Pearson has said that basically he's, he's just made him organised and, you know, that they've, again, they've got to make sure that they, they're fighting and playing for the shirt, you know? They've which, now got 13 points from a possible 15, yeah. which is, I know we can only talk about what's happening at the moment, you know, you can't really bang on about what they were doing at the beginning of the season because it wasn't under Pearson, but... That's some form. And Pearson also, like, his last 15 Premier League games has picked up 11 victories. Yeah. That, he's, that's he's, as good as time when he's at Leicester, of course. Yeah. And it, it is, obviously, the hallmark of his sides are they work hard, they're organised, they're compact, and they've got um, players willing to play for Watford now. Or, certainly, he's in, he, he's given them a reason to believe to play for Watford. And... Mm. Watching the game, or sort of the highlights of the game that we were, we were able to get, um, Watford were clearly the better side than Bournemouth yesterday. And there, there were several instances after even being 3 0 up that Watford, the players were still hurrying, harassing, running great distances over the length of the pitch to close down Bournemouth, to stop them from playing, from stop, to stop them from uh, causing a threat to their goal. And I don't believe I saw that under, was it Sanchez Flores and uh, certainly in the back end of Javi Garcia's uh, mm. reign. And well, it, if, if he can carry it, if they can keep this going on, then there's no reason to believe it wouldn't, considering that, as you said, over his last 15 games in the Premier League, he's won 11 of them. Yeah. Um, that Watford are going to be. I think Watford are probably going to be safe where earlier in the season we were saying that there were certainties to go down. Well, this is the thing, like, because the end of his reign at Leicester, they were still in the bottom three and he got them to 14th place. Mm. So if he was in control of Leicester for the following season, I'm not saying they would have won the league, they probably wouldn't have won the league. You just never know what's going to happen. But I just think that he had the right momentum and the right mentality going throughout the whole side and that's yeah. exactly what he's doing at Watford right yeah. now. Yeah. Now, one thing I have to commend Watford for, they started looking at exactly how Bournemouth were playing and they were constantly playing the ball at the back. And the first goal came from a defensive error, which was Bournemouth trying to play out of the yes. back. Yes, and there, there was there was several... There, you hear coaching speak, uh, I don't know if they really refer to it on your, your, your normal country, but you hear... Uh, I certainly know coaching speak where they talk about triggers and players setting traps for teams... And it was clear that Watford was setting traps and triggers for when Bournemouth were trying to play out from the from the from the back. Rookie and, goalkeeper as well. But yeah, and uh, it was noticeable for the first goal that um, they were they were 
it was day, I think it was day of the fair who was the person who was who was the trigger because he he had his hand up in the air just as he was about to take the goal kick and as they took the goal kick he pressed but here's the thing Dini and Saar who were the uh, uh, so the other two in most the advanced three, yeah. the most advanced players of the of Watford. Um, they weren't pressing. They weren't pressing like Delafeu was, where he was. It, as soon as the ball was passed, Delafeu was on him. Mm. They were kind of holding their positions, obviously trying to cover uh, the areas behind them, so that if they did take it long, they could like, that they could take, back. They had to fill, yeah, they could fill in. But as soon as they ball was then played back to the goalkeeper after Delafeu had pressed the, uh, I don't know who it was who received the pass initially. It was but, but once he passed it back to the goalkeeper. And then the keeper then kind of miscontrolled it. You then saw Dean and Sar start to move, move up. Yeah, the they're pitch. advancing. Weren't yeah. they? The thing is, what what annoys me a little bit like uh, about this is because Bournemouth they know that they can't play well out the back. They might have been told that that they have to do it. But if the goalkeeper taking just half a second to have a look, they had a three on two. If they went long, because Watford they knew what Bournemouth were going to do. Watford then pressed onto Bournemouth with that with that goal kick, Travers. Just was only thinking about locality. He wasn't thinking about what's going on further up the field. He had option to go to go well, on. That's clearly Watford have studied Bournemouth. They must have done more than one game because that's their tendencies to do that, right? Mm. We talk about NFL. You to play at the team's tendencies. What do they do in certain situations? And obviously, Bournemouth in this situation, are probably ninety, ninety-five percent, maybe even one hundred percent of the time, they always try and play it out this way. Yeah. So Watford, even though that they, they, as you said correctly pointed out, they had a three-on-two overload on one area of the pitch if they just gone long that area, um, but Bournemouth weren't going to do that. So that meant Watford could then, you know, they could then commit to that. Obviously, the keeper then miss kicked it out from the miscontrol. Saar got on the ball. And uh, yeah, they scored. They scored off the back of that, and yeah. it was one 0 And then it was really only ever going to be one team winning from there. Yeah, Bournemouth weren't really in the game, but Watford made that happen. I would mm. say. Yes. So, oh yeah. Watford have got a big, big game next weekend. Um, they're playing at home to Tottenham Hotspur. Now, the way the Spurs have been playing of late, this you could argue that Watford are favourites for the game. Would you Would you say that? Uh, well, I wouldn't say they were favourites for the game, but. It, it, Certainly, four weeks, four weeks ago, you would have said Spurs easy victory, mm. wouldn't you? Because they they themselves had the new manager in Jose. They'd won what their first three or four games with him as manager. They were scoring goals. Okay, they were conceding a few, but uh, Watford were in a dire 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 straits basically. Mm. And um, now, four weeks on, football <laughs> just changes so dramatically, doesn't it? In the space of a month. Yeah. And um, Watford at home, Spurs are not really <laughs> going to fancy that then. Without Harry Kane, uh, there's rumours that Jose's like digging into the players and he's not liking them and uh, he's uh, he's frustrated with the team that he has. And mm. <laughs> it's all the hallmarks of a, of a Watford win. But you know what Jose can and, and has done and numerous times throughout his career pulled out a tactical masterclass or he's got his team up for a game where it seems like they they don't look like they're the favourites and they've come away with the victory so well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I think, I wouldn't I was, this is what I was thinking they were probably going to do against Liverpool I, I, I'm not saying that they have any chance of beating Liverpool it's not in a bad way to Tottenham or, or heaping too much praise on Liverpool it's just that Liverpool just they're just streets above anybody and everyone else at the moment. But yeah. Mourinho does know how to win those type of games. So I expected a little bit more. Now, um, I'm going to give you a, a few names. And you're going to tell me what they all have in common. Okay. Danny Rose, Eric Dyer, Jan Vertonghen, Christian Eriksen, uh, Hugo Lloris. What have those five players got in common? They're all defenders? Well, no, they all play for Spurs? No, no. Correct, they all play for Spurs. However, all those five are out of contract within the next 18 months. Right. So, Tottenham, they lost They lost 1-0 to Liverpool at the weekend. I am on the fence as to whether that result was truly justified because I felt that Spurs had a lot of opportunities where, you know, on another day, they would actually make the goalkeeper work. Now, if... If Alisson actually had a shower after the game, I'd be surprised because he had nothing to do for not for ninety minutes. Uh, everything was literally straight down his throat. He, could, he didn't even have to make a TV save, and that that sort of upset me a little bit because of 
you know what you're going to expect when you play against Liverpool. You need to do something in order to make it happen. When you're when you're a club of the size of Tottenham, where they want to be and where they want to go, um, it, it it just slightly disappointed me. But um, one player who who um, stood out for me was Jaffet T- T- um, Tanganga, the right back. Is a, that was only his second start for the first team at Tottenham, and he was in the right back position. What is it with England supplying right backs in the moment? Well, uh, there's clearly, clearly, um, they, they, international football. Um, when you when you look at nations around uh, around the league, around the world, obviously, sorry, uh, and then you look at the players that those nations. <laughs> <laughs> those nations produce mm. Argentina have always always historically and currently produced really good centre forwards yeah right um, Italians your defenders and goalkeepers mm. Germans I've always found that, like hard working industrious in the middle of the park in, the middle of the park, mm. in midfield uh, but also pretty good clinical strikers as well Spanish footballers Spanish footballers are technical um players um, who are all comfortable on the ball um, and England were always your um, strong centre-halves uh, and strong forwards and also goalkeepers. However, recently England, if you look at the players that are coming through, are producing more wider players. So like yeah. your Sancho's, your hudson Adoys, Sterling, Rashford. Yeah. And now that's falling back into your full-backs as well with Alexander-Arnold, Reese James. Wan Bissaka. We'll talk Wan about Miss James in a moment because I've got a lot of, yeah. I've got a lot to say about Miss James. Wan Bissaka and this lad here, and then obviously Carl Walker, and then your left backs historically you've had Stuart Pearce, but you've had uh, more recently Ashley Cole, mm. uh, and then going through to current day Luke Shaw, Even Danny Rose, Lane Baines a few years Lane ago. Baines, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, well. it's, it's obviously what's happening at grassroots, they are looking at trying to produce these kind of players. Mm. Um maybe that's where it's going, you know. Um, and where in the past England were with your centre halves, your strong centre halves, that's not so much of a strong point for England right now. Yeah. Um, as well, a goalkeeper. It is may- maybe the way football is played nowadays, your full backs and your wide men are more and more important as the game is going. And, and that is the case, I think. Yeah. I certainly think it is the case. Um, the first goal, well, the only goal of the game, come from Bobby Firmino. It started off with a throw in, which really and truly should have been a Tottenham throw in. Can you get VAR? Can you get VAR on that? Well, VAR not coming just, on the throwings. However, you still need to defend it, and there was yeah. a period of time from between when, that and when yeah, the goal was thrown. So, yeah, exactly. yeah, okay. You can say, oh, well, the throwing should have been the other way, but again, you're right in saying Spurs. Spurs had plenty of opportunity to clear that and defend that, but they didn't. So, uh, I know you said you thought that it was a bit of a uh, Spurs had a few opportunities. That's also, I think, doing a bit of a disservice to Liverpool because they had numerous opportunities themselves. Mm. And I still think if Spurs had scored, Liverpool would have gone up another gear and they probably still would have won that anyway. As, yeah. as I think Liverpool... I think Liverpool are just going into each game just doing, right, this is what we needed to do to win. This is enough. and We don't need to expend more. So when the, the games that really do matter and that they do need to probably be at their full effect, I think they will be there. Um, it's just... I can't... You just can't see them not winning every game. Mm. Can you? I mean, they're they're favourite. That yeah, they're, they're, it's stupid. And can we just talk about uh, uh, the historic pace that they've set to start the season? I think what was it that they there's been no team in any European leagues ever in the history of football has started off a league campaign like Liverpool have this season. That's correct. Uh, Twenty wins, one draw. The only point, the only time they dropped points was against Manchester United. And that yeah. was at Old Trafford, and it's the reverse fixture. This weekend, it's on Sunday. You'll be able to catch that game in the mail coach if you're in town, if you're in Northampton. If you're not in Northampton, don't worry about it. There's many a boozer around the country, but there's nowhere as good enough as the mail coach. Um, Manchester United, they, they won 4-0 against Norwich at the weekend. You just don't know which Man United team are going to show up to games anymore, do you? You know, like Arsenal, Man United, Spurs, Chelsea, those four teams... You don't know which one's going to turn up. Because one of them, one time, they'll turn up and they'll barnstorm um, Norwich out of the park because if they're not even there. And then they'll play another game and like, like, like a Bournemouth away and, and lose and not even get out of... like They, they can't even like, get up for the game, let alone try and, like, try and perform for 90 minutes. It, it just confuses me what Man United side are going to turn up. And that then also plays into the arms of what Man United side are going to turn up at Anfield next week. 
and what are Liverpool going to do to combat if Man United play the way that they did uh, against Norwich in particular? Um, United are young. They've got some young players. So as uh, we've said them numerous times on the show in the past, with young players you do get inconsistency, mm. don't you? I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea, prime example. Chelsea are prime example and they look like they've now come out of the back of that bad run of form and they've got back into a little bit of form, haven't they? I yeah, think they've won their last two or three games. Yeah, they've gone a bit of bounce again. So, um, it's the same with United here. But also, I think the other part of United is that there are still some parts of the squad which are quite not up to standard, you know, mm. and they need to fill those spots. And if you were to, if you are following transfer rumours and that, that they are certainly being linked with players that would certainly address those needs. Now, whether... Um, that that they're going to get those players, whether there's they've got the right manager in place to be able to capitalise on that, I don't know. But what we do know is that they've got a player in Rashford mm. who is starting to is really starting to become you're you're certainly world class player. Um, I certainly think so. Do, do you feel that Rashford doesn't get the praise that he deserves? In what in what respect? I think I certainly think he gets a lot of praise. I, I you tend to find there's different reports here, there, and everywhere. I don't really trust not what every fan says. There are a lot of fans out there that support a club and don't have as biased to certain clubs. You know, some people that support a club and they're like, "Well, I only see this tunnel vision mentality." You know, whereas you know, I don't feel like I'm that type of person. You know, unless I unless I tell people, I don't. I don't think many people really know what team I support. Um, but Rashford, I don't feel that he gets the respect that he's given. Everyone has an expectation of Rashford that he should be... Because he came out of the blocks very quickly, scored on his every single debut he's had, you know, for the England national side, for the under-21s, for Manchester United in the Premier League, in the Europa League, you know, in his Champions League debut, in the Cup. You know, literally he scored on every potential, on every debut that he's been pleasure with. But he was like 17, 18 when that was happening. So, you know, I, I don't know whether people were expecting to be uh, Mbappe's level right now, which I think is I think is a bit harsh to try and say, this is what we expect of you. I just feel like he's been plugging away, doing his own thing. He's scored goals and assists. He's scored more goals at this age and got more assists than Ronaldo and Messi had at this stage in their career and Henri at this stage of their career. So... Is it still a case of we look at him as he's developing? Do we look at him in three years' time saying this way should be now? Well, I still think he is developing as a footballer and you've got to hope that he is. How old is he? What, 21? 20, 21? Something like that. You certainly don't want him to be the finished article now. Mm. I mean, if he is, he's still a damn fine player if he is a finished article now. Mm. Um, Comparing comparing any teenage player to Mbappe is slightly unfair because Mbappe, you hear this word a lot, but he is a generational player, isn't he? I mean, there is no way you get players like him come around every, even every 10 years. This guy is is ridiculous. However, what I will say is I don't think Rashford is as far off as Mbappe as people seem to think. He's powerful, he's quick, he's skillful. He can score goals, and he's now starting to score. He's now starting to score goals on a consistent basis, and he can create. I think um, his. I think what it was was that he was being played in a couple of positions, and this is a point you've made about Grealish being. Mm. He's been. He kind of goes in several different positions, and he's not been able to sort of nail one down. I feel like this season Rashford has been playing mainly as a left winger, and when he plays as a left winger, that is allowing him to be the full, or certainly to develop and be the full player that he can be yeah. realise his full potential because all his skills and his attributes that he has as a as a football player lend well to being a left winger and here's the other thing as well he has his what serve Ronaldo about he's a tall guy he's athletic and he's strongly built yeah. so as a winger you think of traditional wingers in the 90s and the 80s and beyond that they were usually your small tricky types weren't yeah, they yeah of course um, and when you look at someone like Ryan Fraser you yeah. know, he looks like a traditional winger exactly. so to speak you know he's like 5'7 five, 5'8 five, you know a little bit stocky but like is you know he's is, is, is relatively slight it's because built, like, built well for, for the role whereas messy. he's like it's like Messi yeah. is small, a, sh- uh, a lower centre of gravity because it was harder to knock them off the ball, lot, yeah. uh, harder to tackle them. But 
you know, with Ronaldo proved that, you know, even though you're stronger, you can build, you're built for the demands of, of the uh, Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, um, because you're strong, you're athletic, you're powerful, you've got all the physical traits to then be able to then use your football ability to then come out of that, because yeah. defenders are going to want to go in out. Because let's face it, football nowadays is more athletic because of the training methods, the professionalism that's in the game, the nutrition, um, nutrition the things they weren't, they didn't really have the access or knowledge to back in the day. That's not to say that those players, if you had those players back in the day, if you brought them into modern day's game, they would, they would, they would, uh, fail they wouldn't because no, they, they have to adapt to they, they, would, they, they, would, they, they would be the same they, they would be obviously uh, open to this training so um, what I'm trying to say is evolution in your sports players your, your football players Rashford is the modern evolution of that he um, he can score a few different types of goals as well exactly like he first, with a header yeah the first goal in this game was actually a header as well one matter He's still got a wonderful left foot. Yeah. He's got no pace, but he don't need it. You know, they need to stop playing him in wide positions. That's what they need to stop doing. Because if you're not very quick, stop playing wide. You know, um, so he should. They should just let him. They should find someone. I don't know whether they'll. Like, they should sort of like adapt McTominay into a proper defensive midfielder, and then have someone like Mata alongside him because he's got the athleticism to be up and down the pitch. Um, you took McTominay yeah. yeah so then if you sit him alongside well, let's let's say because obviously they've still got Matic let's say if you go back and put the 2014 Matic into the Man, 2012 Matic into the Man United side and then have someone like Mata who can sort of like just pull the strings almost like do a pillow in, in a sense, you know, because he ain't going to tackle, we don't need to tackle, just a deep arm midfielder, because he's got that peg, he can find anyone with it, and that cross that he did, it was a lovely counter-attack anyway, but when that cross that he made, for, um, he did for, uh, for Rashford's header, was, was absolutely sublime, um, Williams, at left back, Brandon Williams, Martin thinks he should be their starting left back, yeah, he's definitely a fan of him. Yeah, what is he, 17, 18? He's young. Yeah, I know you that. know, like, just play him now and let him adapt. I, I, th- I, think, that's, I think that's a very valid point. And what I, what I liked about him and what I liked about this build-up towards the penalty was the fact that he was one of the furthest men forward. You know, Rashford actually came into a deeper role to mm-hmm. try and win the ball. And then it was, yeah. it, was it, was a lo- it was a lovely weighted pass for Williams. It was enough to draw the keeper out. Yeah. Do you think it was a penalty? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, 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 I personally are you, you going to say you don't think it's a penalty because he's knocked it too far out and he's not going to get yeah, it? Yeah, but, but, like, but the call's given the referee a reason to make that decision. So we like, see that We've seen this numerous times. I can think of so many occasions where this mm. has been uh, given and it always gets given as a penalty. Yeah. It always gets given as a penalty. I just feel semi-aggrieved by it just because I don't think there was any... If, Unless minimal contact on it as well, so. But as I said, like Cruel gave the referee a reason to make that, uh, make that decision. So, but Rashford sliding that home—that's nineteen goals in all competitions this year. Only one player in the Premier League who plays in the Premier League has got more goals in all competitions, and that is Sterling with twenty. So this is what I mean, like the respect. <laughs> both English, mate. They're both, both going to be. They're going to be your starting right wing and left wing it's combo. It's nice, isn't it? We, me and Martin, we were talking. We were, we were getting excited about what England could potentially do in the summer and the Euros, and it is very exciting. And yeah, it is certainly something to look forward to. It is indeed. Uh, Martial's header uh, made it three nil, and Greenwood came off the bench um, with a lovely oh. peg and made it four nil. Was it? I saw. I saw. I saw a tweet at the weekend nicknaming Mason Generational. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I so, mean, I, he's got. He, you talk about one of a left foot. That lad has got a wand of a left Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I, just think, I, I just thought that Solskjaer was just giving, like, giving it a bit large, going, oh, he's the best finisher at the club, but he scored lots of different types of goals I, already, I, and I'm not against... I'm not arguing. I, would, I wouldn't be against putting him in... I wouldn't be against him being in the England squad for the Euros. I think he needs to make sure he continues with his growth until the end of the season before he does that. But going back to what you've just said, um, Rashford on one side, Sterling for in the middle... Who, uh, sorry, Sterling on the other side, who you having through the middle? Well, we're not, we, we, take count of the equation because I don't think it's going to be fit enough. He might be back in April, but he won't be ready and, and forcing England into into silly situations. 
I think we should look somewhere else. Kane should be part of the squad. I'm not well, saying Kane don't deserve to be part if, of the squad. Kane, for me, Kane is the number one. He's the number nine for England. But if there's injuries and things like that involved, who goes through the middle right now? So right now, I'm if I'm Gareth Southgate and Harry Kane is not going to be there quite ready for the Euros, I'm putting a call into Jamie Vardy. No, no, Vardy's retired. Well, I'm putting in a call. Yeah, Jamie Vardy. Um, hello, Jamie. I'm Jamie Vardy. I'm Jamie Vardy. Um, sorry, you're Gareth, you're Gareth Southgate. Ring me. Yeah. Hi, 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 Gareth. It's Jamie. Um, do you want to play? No, I'm retired. Right, who's going for the middle? Well, it would be Tammy Abraham. But what why, I'm saying why is, because Tammy? Well, Tammy Abraham is young, he's good, he's on the extension. What about Danny Ings? He's squad mate. Danny Ings, yeah, he's in the squad. Ten and ten. He's he's in the squad. Fifteen this season. But Tammy Abraham for me is he's a better player. I I I have to disagree with you on that one. I really will. There is no way. There is no way England going to Euros where Danny Ings is your starting. Well, okay, let's be that. Okay, Danny Ings is playing. is playing for Chelsea. Tammy Abraham is playing for Southampton. Are you still going with Tammy Abraham? Yeah. Nah, not buying it. Um, <laughs> I'm not buying it. Tammy Abraham did bag at the weekend. Chelsea three, Burnley nil. So I didn't know which way we're going to segue. That's why. That's why I remember that. Uh, so <laughs> um, Barkley's back. Yeah. Who okay. cares? Right. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't rate. What's his, what's, what's his? That's his first game since October or something. Well, Ross Barkley played for Everton. What is Ross, Bar- uh, Ross Barkley? What are Everton? Um, Hendricks goal was ruled out for offside. Um, ben Mee was off from, offside from the free kick. Fair enough. Um, Lowton literally took Willian out for dinner, didn't he? With that challenge. Well, and this has surprised me because I've noticed the thing about Sean Dyche after games, if a decision goes against him that it kind of could be seen controversial, he hammers them saying, oh, we never get those decisions. Woe is me, woe is Burnley. But he actually admitted that it was a penalty. So was I, was, so, I, was, I was shocked by that. It was so clear um, it was a penalty to the point that when the challenge was made, Lowton was like, Oh. It, it was, and it was all his teammates like going oh come on ref come on ref like, it was like mate no, yeah, it, it, was, it was a penalty yeah. but it was the same same as the Brandon Williams one because Williams knocked it out of play he's knocked it out of play see that's the, that's the difference I would never argue with Lowton's one he's cleaned him he's cleaned him out well, the keeper's cleaned out Brandon Williams I don't think he's made any contact mm. I generally don't think he's made any contact but it's it's like it's, the, it's what he's done like, I, I felt that I'm not saying it was a dive but like, he sort of anticipated what Krull was going to do and started going down you know it, it's difficult to overturn penalty's given fair enough I understand why it's given Krull's given the referee a reason to do that uh, Lowton has just been eaten William like, there's, there's no there's no two ways there's always a penalty day. Jorginho loves taking penalties just pressed it in the back of the yeah, he has that little skip doesn't he just before he it does and it just makes you weird. think like, which way going to go yeah. um, after that Burnley. Well, because I didn't think before that. I thought Burnley were were, were they were in the on game. Top. They were in the game. I don't know if they were on top. But they it, were before before the, the first goal, I thought they were. Um, and then Burnley and they had a free kick with McNeil. And then after that goal on scrambles, just couldn't find the net. If you can't find the net, what's going to happen? It's going to go out the other end. Um, Alex, I have to apologise to you again uh, for Nick Pope. Um, <laughs> that was poor goalkeeping. Has the bounce deceived him? I don't Has know. Has he lost, I mean, lost concentration? He must have. Uh, or whether whether the defender, because the defender was right there next to him as well, whether yeah, that's put him I off. Don't, I don't know. I just. in the eyeline of. It wasn't in the I just. That's poor. I don't, poor. I don't think. I just don't think he's international class. Certainly not. Certainly shouldn't be starting for England. It wasn't, it wasn't the strongest header of all time. No. He did score. And that's his 14th goal of the season, um, which, is, which is pretty shiny. Um, not as many as Danny Ings, just saying. Um, Callum Hudson and Doy didn't really mention him when we were talking about England and their wing play. Um, well, he's, 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 I think he's found it a little bit tough coming back from that injury, isn't he? Yeah, that's he's, his he's first said, goal since he's it, come back. Well, as well. His first goal since he's come back, and it's also his first Premier League goal as well. Yeah. Ever. So, congrats to him. Hopefully, he, he. I mean, Achilles injury is always a difficult one to get over. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it certainly stopped him because when we, before he had that injury, he was in the England squad. He yeah. played for England and he was looking like he could be really... Yeah, he looked shiny, wasn't he? he? He was looking like him and Sancho were going to be right there to take over. Yeah. Now, as I say, he's, he's had a little bit of in and out of the side. Um, people, I've seen people question him, the, the contract he was given. What is he on? He's on 100, 180, or 180 like grand a week. 
people are questioning that. People are questioning that, but hopefully with this goal, um, he's now obviously starting. Because football is te- this is always the case. Uh, I found it with uh, certainly with Aaron Ramsey, right? It always take about five, six, seven games to get over an injury to really get back into yeah. the swing of things. Your match sharpness. Um, and maybe that's his way with Hudson Odoi, and especially with him being young, not quite getting the minutes to get that sharpness back into his legs. Yeah, playing for is not yeah. going to get into And, it, and also, not just the shot in your legs, but in your mind as well, because, you know, as a footballer, top class footballer, and Fabregas was the prime example of this, is that before they got a ball, they had a picture in their mind of where everyone was on the pitch, what he was going to do when he got the ball. Mm. And that I think that's very crucial for a winger as well, because your wingers, when you get your ball, are they going to, am I going to take the man on? Mm. Am I just going to lay off simply? Am I going to put a cross in? Am I going to go for goal? It's, it's, it's football you know, intelligence, isn't it? So that's, exactly, yeah. That comes that's with it, time. Yeah. Not, everyone, not everyone can be gifted with that with that sort of presence. Now, Reese James. <sighs> he's, cl- he's awesome. Like, he's awesome. He's, I liked him when I first saw him, but his, been, I'm watching him more and more every week going, this is, we talk about finished articles and stuff, he's nowhere near the finished article, but how, is he, <laughs> is he the finished article? No, he's I, not, I, he's, I, I, look, I look at his, um, like the way he goes forward, I think he goes forward arguably as good as Trent does. People might laugh at me with that. Oh, let's go and start spiting spats. Oh, there's so many assists. Rah, rah, rah. Watch the game. Yeah. Stop being so stop being so narrow-minded with your fandom and just look at individual players as they are. Chelsea have not got the same attacking quality as Liverpool have. So therefore, Liverpool will score more goals with decent delivery. James, he, going forward is not far off, if not as good as Trent Alexander-Arnold. Defensively, Trent is not that great. And anyone who tries to tell me that he is, but that is something I'm not going to listen That is still something that he can potentially, he, he can he, work yeah, on. Of course he can, he's yeah, 20 he's, years old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, but yeah. like defensively, he's not the guy. Wan-Bissaka is the guy yeah. defensively at right back. But going forwards, he did it in spurts at Palace. He's not doing it enough at Man United. No, he's doing it in spurts at United as well. But, but again, defensively, Reese James. God, the guy. Well, here, here's the other thing as well that's in his favour that he has over, I think, Rambasaka and Arnold, Alexander. His physical stature as a player. You look at him, he's like he's he's. He's like when you know when when, Ro- when Rooney first came through as a sixteen-year-old, yeah, like a muscly guy. You were like, oh, oh, right. So this lad, he's definitely built. For the mom, uh, the adult for playing in uh, first team football because he's not going to get bullied about. Yeah. Reese James, he's in fact I've seen Reese James bully wingers. Yeah, and take the ball off them, and he's he, he, I've not seen, rarely seen him being beat one on one. Yeah, which for a fullback when you're coming up against a winger is um, really it's really it's one of the toughest jobs in football because. We, we we wingers are you you you're you're reacting as as a bit for speaking yeah fullback fullback is a you're reactive reacting, job you're, you're reacting to what the winger is doing in front of you mm. but I've seen Reese James just bully defend bully wingers and he just takes the ball off them he's good on the pass he's got as as evidenced by the um, the cross for Tammy Abraham oh. good final delivery mm. I certainly think he is. <laughs> He is a prospect. People, people should be looking at him yeah, and, like, and and taking him deadly seriously. Yeah. Right. Um, the other um, striker that I was talking Plus, about. I do, I do like, I do like his Barnet. Well. Oh, strong Barnet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you've got strong Barnet, you're always, you're always welcome on the show. Um, <laughs> the other striker that we were talking about was Danny Ings. Now, before the game, you would never have this result. You know, it's only what. Um, the revenge 11, 12 game. Games like, ago. This, this was the revenge game. It was. Yeah, Le- Leicester went down on a Friday night to the south coast and. Absolutely slapped Southampton in a record equaling score of nine nil. Here's here's the thing as well. There there were there's been no signings made by either side for, since that game. So it's the same side. It's the same squad of players. Yeah. Same definitely. managers. And um, Southampton what come out with a with a two one. I'm victory. so I'm so happy for Hassan Hoo. I'm happy for Hassan I like Leicester. I've always had a bit of a soft spot for yeah. Leicester. And this is way before way before the title winning in the 2015-16 season. I'm talking about back in the day when they had Ian Hume, uh, Richard Sturman, Gareth McCauley. Went to school. Um, did you? Yeah. 
Um, and uh, is, it, is it Huddersfield now? Is it? Yeah, just signed uh, on free to Huddersfield um, and has gone and joined Emma Smith Rose signed mm-hmm. on loan yeah. since the end of the season. Um, Leicester have lost three of their last five games now. So that's them sort of I did starting say, to do their I did, I did say I did say this, uh, well, the, after the Liverpool game that they could be seeing a regression with Leicester. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and like they are now, they've got 45 points um, out of their 22 games. Now, I'll take that. Oh, in yeah. A, in a normal season. Yeah, 100%. A hundred percent. That's, 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 that's good. That's good form. Because yeah. what, what's it? You, you, the, the benchmark for top four football, for, for finishing in the top four of the table, was always your average two points over the course of the season per game. So you, yeah. you take the amount of, number of points you've made, divide it by the, obviously the amount of games you've played, and then you should average out. Yeah, they're well on course for that. Exactly. They're well on course. However... Are they big? Are they? Here's the thing, and this is what they faced when they won the title. Are they going to be able to sustain it over the second half of the season? Yeah, uh, and who knows about that? It's um, it's going to be a tough one. Having a look at that, um, Southampton are on the same record at the moment as uh, Watford. So thirteen points from a possible fifteen in their last five games. Um, Danny Ings should have scored earlier on. I think um, is because he's so confident. Is like, do you know what? I'm going to take on every opportunity now. And when he, uh, when the shot was saved, he could have squared it. Uh, I felt that. Um, and then, you know, but like, if you're a striker, you are greedy. You're allowed to do that. I mean, there was a bit of beef between um, Salah and Mane earlier on in the season. In a similar situation where um, Salah was having a game of his life and he scored a couple of goals and he was one on one with the goalkeeper. Um, but the goalkeeper's like advancing out a lot. He could have just squared it to Mane and because walked it into an empty net, but he didn't. But everyone's going, oh, I can't believe it. You know, let's just still bag on uh, bag on him a little bit for that. Um, but I'm not going to bag on him because I love him and I think he should be part of the uh, League of Setup. Um, Leicester did take the lead, though. Uh, and his quick thinking with the free kick by Perez because he was chopped down uh, midway through his heart. And he just literally pinged this lovely ball to Jamie Vardy, who I thought was offside, but he's just too damn quick. Uh, and that's what he was. He was a good three, four, five yards onside and just... Just legged it round, round, uh, round the right back, and um, found the cross, and and, and Pryat was there. Dennis Pryat uh, was uh, was there to make it one nil. Uh, five minutes later, um, Armstrong he's deflected strike, made it one apiece. Uh, loads of offsidey um, var bits in there, um, but I'm not going to go too much into var this week. Cause, do you know what? Frankly, I can't be bothered. Well, we've, um, we've said enough on var. Yeah, I've had, I've had enough of var. Um, what I haven't had enough of is Vardy and I love Jamie Vardy um, <laughs> he was offside to, um, <laughs> so it, it could have made it 2-1 he knew he was offside so he didn't really go in with that and um, Danny Ings then hits the bar twice inside two minutes and the first one like he could have crossed it but it's okay and he had a shot and like uh, Schmeichel had no chance hit the top of the bar and off it went the ball goes out for a corner eventually and then off the back of that Danny Ings he's like He's almost like on re-body shape. You know, like when, when you're like sort of like 18 yards out, you just turn your body and you just put his foot round it, beat the keeper and just licks the top of the bar. I was like, oh, if that went in, that would have been very special. <laughs> but it didn't, so it wasn't. Um, Simon Chu, um, he made a challenge on, on long penalty all day. Um, and the yellow card for your Simon Chu. But he was offside. And I think that was farcical. Uh, I don't want to worry. Varsical. Varsical. It was absolutely varsical. Uh, so the yellow card got rescinded. Lovely. Um, Ineacho scored a goal offside. Um, and then um, Evans scored at the end, to, which would have made it two, um, two each. Uh, but that was offside as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, Che Adams. Now, Che Adams, he has definitely come through the ranks. At 16 years old, was he was Birmingham? playing... Was it Birmingham? No, way before that. He was at Urchester in the UCL. And couldn't get a game. And then went to Odeby Town. And was getting the odd game in 10 sort of thing. And he must have been about 18 years old. And I don't know what happened, but he got looked at. And then Birmingham were like, yeah, we'll have a go on him. Sheffield United, yeah, we'll have a go on him. And now he's, um, now he's at Southampton and he's, and he's loving life. So fair play to him. Come it just goes to show that if you're playing for a pro club, 16 and below, and like, you get to 16, 17, 18, you get released... It's not all lost, you know, because end of the day, Shay Adams was then playing non-league football at the age of 18, 19, and now as a Premier League player, setting up goals for England selector 
Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Danny Ings, um, who made it 2-1. Love that. So, um, Friday night's game saw Sheffield United, who Shea Adams, uh, Adams used to play for, against West Ham. It's the first time West Ham have been to Bramall Lane since... Uh, the Carlos Tevez. Since the Tevez situation. Sada. Yeah, indeed. So... Thing is, though, all the characters are different, aren't they? Yeah, so of they're, course, they're, but they're the fans remember. It's still yeah, there. I can't, I, can't, I can't remember being there too much for a uh, needle in that game. What? In, the, in this game, one Friday. Oh, no, in this game, no, 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 it's fine like that. Ollie McBurney, he's the boy, though. Um, if you haven't seen his tweets and the tweets that he's been receiving uh, since the game, um, just go have a look. And um, <laughs> he, got, he definitely got some tum tum that night, put it that way. Um, West Ham, they are struggling again. Um, Fabianski out with another injury. I don't know how long this one's going to be for. It's not looking good though. They're going to struggle without him because he's a, he's a good he's a very good goalkeeper. It's, it, uh, him and Dubravka are the best goalkeepers outside the top six. I'm not sure about Deprav- Dubravka, but no, yeah, Dubravka, definitely Fabianski. Dubravka's the boy, man. Dubravka's the boy. Um, but they have um, believe. It's believed that today, if you are watching the show live on Monday, um, yesterday, if you're listening to the podcast tomorrow, oh, it's like Inception. Um, um, I'm confused, just listening to you. Um, Pepe Reina is having a medical. Yes, they. Uh, uh, no, I thought he was going to Villa. He was. He was uh, spotted at the Villa. It was spotted at Villa, Villa Park. There's talk that he might be going to West Ham as well. Oh, uh, okay, uh, fair enough. So yeah, it's um, he's whichever it, the guys in front of him will be wearing Claren blue, um, in respect of that. So <laughs> Ollie McBurney, he scored the opening goal. Um, West Ham tried to play it out from the back, and Balboina lost his lost his phone, lost his keys, lost his wallet, lost his wife, lost his house. All lost, like, trying to find lost, lost his lost everything. Lost basically. the world to live. Well, I don't know. I don't know where he was going. You know, I just felt like it was like one of those like hello, darling, my old friend. No, hello, darkness. Darkness. I don't know. I listen to hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> so yeah, um, Fleck, Fleck jumped on that and squared it to Ollie McBurney. And this is what we're talking about, you know, Fleck, one-on-one, squared it. His boy's there. Yeah, so, no, uh, there's certainly something, if, you, if you've got a player in a better position, then yeah, square it. But I always want my strikers to be selfish because I think a striker should, if you've got a realistic chance of shoot, having a shot on goal... As a striker, I don't want my strikers to be passing it. I want my strikers to be taking that opportunity, taking that for themselves, because that's what I'm paying you to do. That's what I want your striker to do, mm-hmm. is score goals, take shots, and take responsibility for earning your team the points. And if you're, pa- I feel like if you pass it off in a situation where you could be taking a shot, you're passing a buck, and that shows to me that they're not mentally good enough. Mm. That's just my opinion. Towards the end of his career, he played 39 games and didn't get any goals in those 39 games, but got 24 assists. So, you know, it's all about contribution to the team. And if you want to do that, I, I, I'm down for that. Um, anyway, uh, he goal. scored. Yeah, oh, yeah, Oliver McBurney, he yeah, bad. L- lovely. Um, the goal at the end, though. <sighs> right, this is about the law. So you can't have a go at VAR for this because VAR are just enforcing the law that's been put in place. Mm. The ball has hit his hand, right? And as we know now, when the ball hits his hand, a free kick's going to be given. Yeah. Regardless of the situation, yeah, no circumstances. He had no intention. No. He had no idea. He had no idea. But this is where you can't get angry at VAR. And I'm going to stick up for VAR here. You can't get angry at VAR in this situation. You have to get angry at the law that's been put in place. Mm. Okay? Because they've just gone and enforced the laws. Because if they hadn't, and they'd allowed the goal, then you open up an even bigger can of worms there. Yeah. So... Um, it's the law that has to be looked at in this situation and not VAR. It's a bit of a shame when you see like Snodgrass bag one well, of Snodgrass. You know, yeah, it's a, sh- it's a shame. Because, celebrations because and it's, like, it's, everything with it and then it, it just gets pulled well, back. It's, it's, just not, it's not just Snodgrass, it's the great play from, and we. I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced by Royce, but on well, this, oca- either, on but this occasion, it was strong play, he out-muscled the player, he 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 um he drove at the he hoped, drove he the heart. He did what we expect him to be doing on a regular basis. I think that's what it is. Um yeah, uh he drove at the heart of the Sheffield United defence, committed a couple of players, slipped and Snodgrass, and it was a lovely finish. Yeah, but yeah, as I say, you have gotta be angry at the law that's in place rather than VAR for this one. Um, let's um go to our weekly section of what's our Everton. Um, Everton won Brighton nil. Um, Brighton are on a on a bit of a bad run of form. They've only got one win in their last five. Um, as mentioned a couple of weeks on the show that um, it's the it's 
the worst start to a Premier League season so far yet it doesn't look like it because Potter's gotten playing some nice football so almost like we're forgetting about you know how poor well, their form is it, it, it's the this is where you have to try and look beyond the results in the context of the actual games that are being played but we, we, we've gone beyond the halfway stage of the season you can't be hanging around that area of the pitch of the table you know they're, they're only three points off the relegation zone so when you look at it like that it's results that go go the wrong way and they're right in the mix so this 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 is this is again this is where you have to it would be nice to speak to some Brighton fans because they'd be able they're the ones who see their team play every week in week out and 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 seeing but from when I've seen Brighton play uh, when they've been on TV and they've been the game that's been shown and they look organised compact they've got some bit of creativity and they 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 don't they're not like Brighton have passed where it's just been defend for our lives we'll hang on and hope and, that they and, get a goal and we'll try and uh, yeah we'll try and get a nick a goal right mm. that's certainly not okay that might that might last for a season or two I get found out you'll get found out and you'll just plummet down the table whereas I feel like Brighton are being set up for longer term success if they carry on this way they've just got to be patient and this is where I say the context of the games and not just look at the results and the initial stats and just think make your conclusions from that because mm-hmm. there is more than one team which I uh, feel like this applies to at this current moment where people are just like oh well they've only done this they've only done that they've only won one game and so this too busy but statting rather exactly. than like, you watch the, the game picture. understand what's going on understand what the team is trying to achieve and then you can understand uh, a bit better okay yeah don't get me wrong it's concerning they've only won one game in the last five um, and they are sort of hovering around the yeah, relegation zone there above it. but um, I, I don't think that they they are in real danger yeah, right. I, I, certainly certainly hope three, I, think, I think that's three worst, worst teams oh yeah um, Lewis Dunk um, he pulled back Walcott early on um, not even a VAR check on that well, there was there was a VAR check but they didn't give a penalty I'm, I'm very surprised by that but, so uh, and this um, is the point that was made if if VAR had then made a pe- given a penalty in that because I certainly think it was because it, he's, he's done enough to stop Walcott from properly getting off a shot Mm-hmm. Because Walcott's off balance and he's kind of toe poked it. If Walcott's not off balance, he could he could have taken a shot. He could have gone round the goalkeeper because there was more yeah, than enough space yeah. to do so. But that opportunity was robbed of him because of Lewis Dunk's. As far as I'm concerned, that's that's a yellow flag. That's pass interference. Defense <laughs> number five. Um, so uh, Bernardo, he he sent um, two of the Brighton centre backs on holiday. Um, honestly, but um, Webster clearly forgot his passport um, and made the block. Um, but then later on, um, Charleston, um I sat to, when I watched it, I was like, "Stop it, mate!" Because that. Just, just the way he got it out of his feet and curled around the keeper. That was a, oh, that was a gorgeous goal. I, I don't that think that gets, gets the respect it deserves. Um, mate, we'll, we'll give it the respect. We'll give it the respect. Richardson, that was sick. Um, Trossard hit the bar. Calvert-Lewin. Uh, I felt sorry for Calvert-Lewin. Um, I don't know whether... I don't know if I feel sorry for him, actually. I'm, I might take that back. Because they, um, um, Everton thought they made it 2-0. I thought he was getting like struggled back. He was sort of like leaning forward to try and get on the end of it, um, but it hit the top of his arm, went to VAR, and he got a yellow card for it. I thought the yellow card was harsh. I thought the yellow card. I was thought a bit the yellow savage. card was definitely harsh. And I know he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't score an awful lot of goals, but he's certainly one to keep an eye out, especially for England as well. Um, he's certainly one that shouldn't be overlooked. Um, or certainly be dismissed of anyway. Goals have been a part of his game a lot more. Recently, yes, than they ever have been in his and career. As we know, with strikers, it can take people. Um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to? Um, people uh, progress at different levels. Okay? Yeah, of and different at different ages. Times. You think you mentioned about Rashford being he scored more goals and he's been more uh, creative, more goals than Ronaldo, Messi, Henri at this age mm. and the same ages of their careers. Drogba, Drogba is a prime example of uh, what I saw. Um, it goes to this. He wasn't scoring goals regularly until he was about 25, 26. Yeah. And then when he hit that, he then he was, started, off. It, it yeah. was off and he was running. Do you and reckon that will happen with um, Dominic Solanke? 
don't know. No, don't, I don't uh, know. No, is the answer of that. Wolves won, uh, Newcastle won. Um, Almiron, he's someone who needs a bit of confidence and it's going in his favour. Well, he yeah. was He was everywhere so this this is clearly what confidence can do for a player God, he goes a year without scoring for Newcastle after joining them and now he's got three in his last three yeah and he scored um, three goals out of his last four shots on target yeah. as well um, but th- just the way he ran onto this and just slotted it right into right, no, right the roof may, may, and that, that maybe is what he is maybe he's an instinctual player rather than a player who if you give him a lot of time he's like oh he, he thinks about it and then starts to doubt himself oh, I don't with know, this I'll it was just how many times have been one on one with the goalkeeper and fluffed his yeah, lines so in this, this occasion it was a case of he's made the good run he's in there as he's always and here's the thing that Almiron did have going for him he was always in positions to be there, okay? Yeah. And when you're a striker, you'd rather be that and not scoring than not scoring but not be in the positions. Yeah, there's some being lost. Fun, there's some, yeah, you're lost. Yeah. But he's there. Like an idea that situation. And, he's not here's, his name. here's the thing about um, stats as well. When there's something like that, and, and you think of the, there's the stat of expected goals as well, Right, that's the worst thing. Well, no, it's, I don't think it is, and here's and here's why because it will tell the underlying the underlying story of a team. If a team is outperforming it, then usually that means they're going to regress. If a team is underperforming it, then they usually means that they'll go back up to it. Right, and in this case with Almiron, I've got a feeling that he was probably underperforming when it came to that kind of um, expected goals. Now, what that does mean is that it will turn around uh, as it has done recently that he will start to find the back of the net on a more consistent, consistent basis. basis. Mm. And as is showed by this goal that he scored um, at the weekend, it was a lovely finish. First time. I, I, thought, yeah, he left, I thought he was left-footed. Yeah, So exactly. if, he, if he is left-footed, it's just on his wrong leg, as uh, Van Persie used to call it, your chocolate, chocolate peg. peg. Um, and he's just lovely, stroked it lovely into the top of yeah, the net. Yeah, literally so, hits the roof of the net as it yeah, goes across the line. Um, so um, certainly, certainly think... Um, he could probably go on to score another five, six, maybe seven goals between now and the end of the season. Well, Newcastle are going to need it because they're only five points above the relegation zone. Um, Wolves, they wanted a penalty. Oh, I have no idea why. And there was just, you know, there was... It just wasn't a penalty, simple as that. But um, from the resulting corner, they got a goal and it was pretty tidy. And um, yeah, Dan Donker was there uh, to make it 1 1. Um, yesterday, there was another game as well. It was Aston Villa 1, Manchester City 6. And now Sergio Aguero has become the highest scoring foreign player in Premier League history. He's overtaken Henri. He's overtaken Henri. He's now uh, um, fifth in the all time list, I believe. Um, but I think Henri and Aguero have the best goals to gain game. Yeah, they both got yeah more than anyone else. I think Aguero is slightly overtaken because of that hat trick yeah, he got there. He did. Yeah. Um, that um, that lad who wears number seventeen for um, for um, for City, the ginger fella. What's his name? Kevin, Kevin something. Uh, De Bruyne. Oh yeah, he he's a bit good, isn't he? Yeah, I think he could become. Right. I think he. I think he. I think he could be better. Um, but, <laughs> there uh, was a, there was a, there was a nice little Twitter exchange after the game where Lukaku um, uh, tweeted him and said, "Oh, he put he said pass with the um, the eye emoji um, yeah. to him," and uh, De Bruyne replied with, "Get used to it over the summer." Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, and then, the, which you know, obviously with Lukaku scoring for Inter, uh, I don't know how he's been doing. Uh, recently, but he's right, no, he's, he's doing, doing well. He's got he's doing, uh, fourteen goals. But then, the, the, what, did, what the one good thing about Twitter is people taking the mick out of it is that they then uh, showed a load of passes where De Bruyne did put it onto Lukaku, and Lukaku like scoring it. Uh, <laughs> so you know, hopefully uh, for Belgium's sake, but Belgium fans, maybe that won't be the case this summer. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And that that. That, well, I was like, that, hopefully, I, I just want to see good, good football. football from. Like, I'm going to the Italy Switzerland game um, over in Rome, and I'm really excited about it as well. I just want to see some good football. Um, the final game that we're going to report on is uh, Crystal Palace one, Arsenal one. Uh, I kept this one till last, um, not because of the Arsenal in, um, affiliation, but more because of away from two up top. We work alongside uh, a YouTube channel uh, called We Are the Fans TV. Uh, they were going to be here today, but they are in the middle of doing some heavy, heavy editing um, for one of the best videos that you'll ever see 
on social media, especially when it comes to sport. The amount of work that Ed Hall and Cam Newton put into their job is beyond a joke. I can't even describe it. I, I even said to my missus, I said to Alex, I said to the boys, Saturday was arguably one of the best days of my life. Just being involved with what they do. And you need to look out for these gentlemen because they are about to take over the YouTube game, especially when it comes to speaking to fans. Two honest local fans that go to grounds up and down the country and get the real feel of how fans are and how they feel, how they react before the game, after the game, during the game, you know, everything about it. So, unfortunately, those boys aren't here on the show today because I really wanted to talk about it with them, but I'm hoping that they'll be able to come onto the show next week. But in the middle of that, you'll be able to find a link we'll on share our this. page. We will definitely um, be sharing. Oh this. yeah, because we'll be uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be working yeah, we'll with these, these guys, like doing everything we can for them. Hopefully, they'll be able to to help out a little bit on the way back as well. But they'll be um, they'll be fingers crossed coming on the show next week. So make sure you are watching at six pm. Anyway, um, the game itself: Palace one, Arsenal one. Um, you don't like Lacazette. I love Lacazette and Lacazette's assist, his vision, the amount of weight that he put into that pass. It was a gorgeous move. Oh yeah, gorgeous it was. move. And it was and it was it was summed up with Lacazette's effort and integrity and passion, which found um Aubameyang to make it one nil. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I can't say anything about that. Um, um Torreira, injury. Yeah. Uh, we don't know if it's a serious injury. I haven't seen any reports say he's going to be out for a length of time. But um, he, ever since Emery's gone, funnily enough, when he's played in his uh, actual position that he was signed for, he's turned out to be a pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good defensive midfielder. Yeah, it looks alright. He? He, he looks he just looks, looks a bit alright. Right, yeah. um, deflected shot from Ayu uh, made it one apiece, um, which was, to be fair, just. Just deserved on the runner play at that time. You know, they were getting back into the game at that point and, you know, it's a bit scruffy how the goal went in. But I think on the balance of play at that point, I think they deserved to get at least a goal at that moment. Um, main talking point was uh, Aubameyang. And it's a red it card. Was, it was Aubameyang, but like... It it's was a red card. In real time, it looks like he's gone and made... A challenge. It looks honest enough. The, the benches didn't go up and all in arms, kicking off. They saw they they wanted a free kick. They saw him brandish the yellow card, and they were like, "Yep, that's fair enough." The yellow card. But VAR's come in. It's looked at it, and yeah, you're right. It is a red card. I don't think anyone can have any genuine complaints about it. But with January coming up, him not being happy, he said what he said in the program. Don't believe it. Um, has Aubameyang played his last game for Arsenal? I don't think so. You think that he'll stay at the end of the year? Yeah. What what what's the incentive has he got to stay at the end of the season? Um, Arsenal languishing in tenth place. I think uh, eleven points off top four as well. Well, I think they will say to him, "Look, if you stay to the end of the season, we'll sell you in the summer. Fine, um, but we're going to need you to the end of the summer, end of the season, because we 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 need somebody to score a goal." Here's the other thing. I don't think there's going to be a club that comes in with a, with a mega bid that's going to make Arsenal sell him. That's the other thing you've got to think about here. Because Arsenal are not well, going to... Well, it depends how much Ars- they Ars- Ars- the money. Arsenal are not going to sell him for a reduced offer, even if he might be slightly unhappy and wants to play for a, for a club that's um, in the Champions League. The only way that he's going to leave is if somebody like Real Madrid or someone like that come in with a massive offer that Arsenal are going to say, oh, that's too good for us to turn down. So he's not played his last game for Arsenal. And if he does, then uh, you can come back to me and at me all you want. And Don't at me, fine. <laughs> That's fine. But he's not played his last game for Arsenal. Fair enough. Um, Palace, on the other hand, one weak link, in my opinion, and that's Vidavald. He is a centre midfielder, predominantly. Um, Van Arnholt is out of the squad at the moment with injury. Um, and he's been made to play at left back. Weak link for for Palace, but on the whole of uh, on the on the whole of it, you know, Palace fans, ninth place after twenty two games, twenty nine points, ten points off top four, eight points off relegation, but going in in the forward direction, do Palace fans feel they should they should be happy? Uh, well, it depends on what, how they see their club. I mean, Roy Hodgson is not getting any younger, right? Well, we didn't, everyone's not getting any younger. That's a silly thing to say. What I mean is, it. He's not going to be doing any. He's not going to be pulling up any trees. He's not going to be using any in, innovative coaching methods, and he's not going to be certainly thinking. Oh, I need to be looking at how I'm going to be uh, evolving this club. So, 
what's going to happen with Palace? They're going to do this for another couple of years and then Hodgson might move on to another challenge or he might even retire. What, what happens then? Where, where, where are Palace then? Mm. Is, there, is, there, is, there, is there a structure in place which is going to allow Palace to um, continue being in the Premier League comfortably and then maybe slightly progress? Or are they just going to be there They're just to try... Yeah, they, are, they, are they just going to be there just to survive and they're happy just to stay in the lower the league? Just making up the numbers. Yeah, almost. and when you do that, as it's, as it's always been found out in history, eventually you will get relegated. It happened to Aston Villa, it happened to Charlton, it happened to uh, West Ham, it happened to Leeds, it happened to West Ham, yeah. it happened to Stoke. Newcastle, Stoke, um, Cov- West Brom, Coventry... Forest, Sheffield Wednesday, you know all of these. So many. All of these clubs were happy just to be in the Premier League. Will just be will will so short term view that eventually, whether it happened in the next season, the season after, they will get relegated, and the majority of them haven't come back up. That's very true. So yeah. what 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 are Palace? What what are? <laughs> oh, now um, I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll continue with what are Everton the rest of the season, and next season we'll do what are Crystal Palace. Yeah, well, I'll, I feel like you can apply that to quite a few clubs. Oh, you? yeah, we'll do that. Um, before we go, um, just want to make you aware of the competition that we're running. Um, like, it's basically, it's simple. Like and share the page. As you do that, tag five people in. And um, when we get to the end of the... That's fine, that's fine. Um, and when we get to the end of the, the period, which will be the draw on the 14th of February... Then we will announce the show. Uh, announce on the show on the fifteenth of February um, the winner, and then we'll, we'll get, get a touch. signed shirt of their cho- not a signed shirt, sorry, a Premier League shirt of their choice, or you know whatever team you support. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're a Swindon Town fan, so yeah, you may need to make sure you go either on the Facebook page, the Twitter page, or the Instagram page at Two Up Top Football. That's the number two Up Top Football. For your chance to win. And yeah, the winner will be selected at random by a special little generator that we've got. It's called an Excel spreadsheet. Um, and um, and yeah, we'll we'll announce the, 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 the name of the winner on the show on Monday, the 15th of February. You have been watching, maybe listening to Two Up Top, the weekly football review show with myself, Gav Mack and Alex Osborne in association with Stalker Studio, the best studio in the whole of Northamptonshire, the male coach, the best boozer in the whole of Northamptonshire as well, and Mikhail Sports Bar and Grill, the best boozer in the whole of New York. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>